Let's, hello and welcome to Transmission Cybertron. My name is Rebecca, I am your host, and I'd like to welcome you back. It's been a very long time since I've recorded anything, but to be honest with you, work got in the way. Um, I was working for the Census Bureau, and that got really, really busy because we were doing a big, big push over the uh, over the fall and winter, and then coronavirus came along, and Lord knows I had a lot of time, but I didn't put it to good use. Anyhow, we have a brand new series out now, War for Cybertron. This is the Siege chapter that they've currently released on Netflix. And as I titled this episode, this is the hill that I'm going to die on. This is my overview of the direction of the Transformers as it seems to be heading in this War for Cybertron series. Um, I'm going to try and keep it as spoiler-free as possible, but it may get a little close as I'll be referencing some things that happened in the Siege episodes. So if you haven't watched it, you might want to come back to this because it's not going to be huge spoilery but enough that it might ruin a few things if somebody really doesn't like hearing any information at all. I'm not one of those people. I'm one that I, I actually don't want the big huge spoilers, but I, I do like to get a little feel for things. So anyhow, it's pretty well known with the people who know me that I'm really very much a Decepticon kind of girl. Um, there are a few bots I like. Um, I love Blur. I don't know why. Um, Perceptor is one of my favorites. Uh, Whirl. I mean, who couldn't like Whirl? I mean, he's basically a Decepticon. Uh, <laughs> but in general, I do prefer the cons. Um, that's not to say that I don't respect Optimus Prime, because I do. Growing up in the 80s, my afternoons were filled with Transformers and Voltron and all that while waiting for Mom and Dad to get home from work, because, yeah, I was one of those latchkey kids. Um, and I do love Peter Cullen. I think he is a great actor, and I he'll always kind of be that one true Optimus Prime for me. Um, I'm willing to accept other people doing the voice. I'm okay with that, but he's always got that place in my heart. I love Peter Cullen. I, however, I do have a, a pet peeve, and it's about Optimus. And yes, that's I'm my hill. I said this was my hill. I'm going to tear down the untouchable Optimus Prime, and I am willing to die on this because I do firmly, firmly believe this. Optimus needs torn down and rebuilt in a not physical sense but in in a personality sense why there's a few reasons the first one is the catchphrases those iconic utterances of autobots roll out and i think that actually has started to get underused where it was overused in the 80s it's now underused but i actually kind of like that one because it's really punchy and it's short and it's not pontificating which is where we seem to have Optimus now, very much pontificating. And I really do feel that this should not have replaced Rollout. I mean, you do hear it on occasion. But it honestly, it's a much better one to be hearing more often than our two that we hear all the time. One not so much as the other, but uh, if I hear it again, I swear to you, I'm done yelling at the TV, I'm turning the TV off. I'm sure you can guess what they are. It is freedom is the right of all sentient beings until all are one. Now, the freedom is the right of all sentient beings is a little harder to squeeze in. They do manage to do it more than not, but it's just one of those, they manufacture a place in every series since the big O muttered it in the Bay movies. It has to be shoehorned in. 
Um, we get it. We all have the right to be free. Rallying call heard over and over and over and over and over and over. Trail off into infinity. Um, but it's really the till all are one uh, that really makes me want to turn off the TV. And I usually don't say that about Transformers. At first, both phrases were kind of like that. Yeah, cool. So very optimacy. And now they've been overused to the point where Megatron actually used it in a speech to the Decepticons in War for Cybertron. I, I can't remember him saying it anywhere else. He may have in some of the video games or in passing or sarcastically. But this is the first time where it really kind of stuck out. It's like, you're kidding me. He said to all are one? Really? Now it's kind of almost as if it's a greeting, like you're expecting random bots passing by on the street to say, hey, till all are one, yeah, till all are one. You know, it's not like nobody says, hey, hey, how you doing? It's more till all are one. We get it. Let's, can we move on from that? It's really time to retire him. I, I swear to you, we can find another inspiring phrase for the Prime to utter to move us to action. Even if it's bringing back roll out, come on, something. It's just gone on too long. It's been 10 years that we've been listening to him standing there pontificating. Because I think in the uh, Prime series on Cartoon Network, oh, is it in Prime? I'm going to have to double check. But Megatron actually says, yeah, I think it was Prime. At one point in the second season, you know, something about Prime always pontificating. And it really is very accurate, and it almost seemed a little tongue-in-cheek, but, like, the writers were tired of it. But, you know, that that's prime, and that's old. It really is. It's gotten old. You know, he's the inspiring leader, and he needs a new line to inspire me, to be honest with you. The inspiring leader himself, we need to talk about that as well. Optimus was always the inspiring leader that everyone looked up to. Um, but at this point, I think he's actually been elevated to God status. I really noticed this while watching War for Cybertron more than any other media, whether it be the animation, um, movies, or comic books. I, I really noticed it this time. Um, it's, you know, while Magnus and Alita and Hound and while just about everyone else is scrambling tr about trying to keep the troops safe and fighting and you know leading Optimus was out there on his own mission like he wasn't a leader and that kind of bugs the hell out of me because it seemed like he didn't care about the Autobots it was his mission his mind what he wanted to do and especially you know Alita One made one hell of a better leader than he did. She was there. She was in the middle of things, supporting the troops, trying to get them to safety, and leading when it was needed. I mean, she was really the leader. Optimus, he really was more concerned about himself. This was all about him, about his ego, running around doing what he wanted. But no one, except Alita, and to an extent, Ultra Magnus, seem to notice you know even in the other animations and i'm not going to really comment on the idw comics because i stopped reading them last fall i'm still buying them i have a subscription on comiXology but i just 
I read them on my tablet, which doesn't hold a charge because it's like six years old now and it just doesn't charge. Um, you kind of have to keep it plugged in. Um, but Optimus has always kind of kept his own agenda that often seemed to involve just him and had little regard for the rest of the, the Autobots lately. Whereas way back in the day, it used to be, well, this is us. We are fighting now. It's You're fighting your thing. I'm fighting my thing. So I really dare to say that Optimus has turned into a bad commander, a bad leader. He doesn't lead anymore. He doesn't give others orders and help the cause. He's just slowly been written into God status. They worship him as if he sits above them giving little concern to those who fight for him. Um, you know, it's like, here's Optimus way up here, and here's the rest of us. And we worship him, but we don't be led by him. You know, even when advice is offered to him from his commanders, he generally ignores it. And this is kind of the spoiler alerty situation right here, so if you've listened this far, you don't want to hear any spoilers, stop now. Um... I don't like this direction it's going. I think Optimus should be involved with the troops. He's the leader, not the god. In the last episode of Siege, it should have been Optimus on the bridge of the Ark trying to get all the Autobots to safety and ordering them to launch, but it was Elita who actually did it. I think we need to see some changes in the character. Optimus needs to be defined. He used to be our father figure, now he's the god figure. Um, either he's above all others or he's a leader. He really can't be both, at least not the way it's been going. I mean, technically he can. You can do both, but he has to balance the roles if he does it, and he's not balancing. If he's going to be a good leader, he needs to stop running off and doing things for himself and start leading his troops, all his troops, be in the situation where they need it. Not just him and B and somebody else, but all of them. He carries the matrix of leadership, not the matrix of make myself look really cool while screwing over the troops, because that's where he is right now. Till all are one, I think this is the line that really made Optimus elevate himself to where he believes he is better than all others. Uh, He may not say it, you may not ever actually catch him thinking it, but that's how he acts. And it's one of the reasons that I think the line, besides being way overused, needs to go. Optimus used to be the leader of the people. Then he became the reluctant leader of the people. Now I think that he started the war far more than anyone can really accuse Megatron of having started it. It's his own elitist attitudes that really seem to embody. Megatron said it a few times in War for Cybertron that it It was people like Optimus, the Autobots, that made Decepticons who they were and why they rebelled. And he's really not wrong. And in fact, is probably closer to right than you might think. And more for Cybertron, um, Megatron said a few times in War for Cybertron that it was people like Optimus, the Autobots, that made the Decepticons who they were and why they rebelled. And he's really not wrong. And in fact, he's closer to right than you might think. In War for Cybertron, did we once hear Optimus actually feel remorse for the old caste system? There was a point when he and Megatron were talking that it sounded almost like he did, but I don't recall Optimus ever really caring that the class system was in place. 
and was really horrible and wrong. He just struck back with that freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Yeah, Optimus, it is, and that is why they started the revolution. So let's show some compassion, show some remorse for the old system that they tore down. That was the root of the problem. So the god status of Optimus is actually the thing that the war is about. One certain section of beings being placed above and more important than others. In my opinion, this is just really kind of lazy writing. It feels like so far the writers have just pulled up stuff already done in various forms of the Transformer media and then rehashed it. So let's let's give Optimus some more depth. Uh, let's make him a leader, not one who ignores his advisors. He's working on his own agenda and the rest of the cast is nominal, unimportant, and they're only there because Hasbro wants to sell more toys, not just Optimus and Bead toys. They want to sell many toys. I mean, that is why they're into this. Which brings me around to Alita. Alita showed exactly what a commander should be and what Optimus used to be. While Optimus was off delivering his pontifications about everybody being one, she was leading and making everyone one. Optimus actually, in the end, ended up putting Alita in her place, which kind of annoyed me because he never took her advice, never. And he barely took Magnus's advice, but it was like patting her on the head, okay, okay. From a woman's point of view there, it's very insulting, very, very insulting. Here's a smart, capable, good leader who's leading better than the leader and an advisor who is giving him top-notch advice and Optimus just brushes it off. I mean, this is something that we women have to deal with all the time in real life. Girls don't know what they're talking about. We're always dismissed. Girls can't be leaders. I mean, this is exactly what Optimus did. Your opinion doesn't matter. You may be right. You may have made the best decision and given me the best advice, but you're just a girl, so it doesn't matter. Go away. Yeah, the She was really the star of the show. Really, she was. Magnus was off doing stupid things. Optimus was off pretending this was his war only. And Alita did what every woman does. She holds together everyone and she saves the situation better than anyone else can. That's what Optimus should have been doing. It should have been him. He's the leader. So either make Alita one, the major leader, you know, put her in charge of the Autobots, or bring Optimus back to the level where he is identifiable as a leader and not a god. And then, you know, came another pet peeve of mine, Elita One, Optimus's girlfriend. Now, this wasn't as bad as it could have been in War for Cybertron, and I have seen her recently portrayed much worse as the love-struck girlfriend. It's all she can think about. It's really her drive as her boyfriend. But I, I didn't feel bringing up their relationship was really necessary. And it did really feel shoehorned in. She said, oh, by the way, girlfriend. I'm. Mean, it was handled okay, but I feel it could have done better. And I really do feel it was unnecessary at the point it was introduced. I think it would have worked better in the last episode. Don't bring it up until she sees the arc going up through the space bridge and they think it's blown up. She could then say goodbye to her friends and her love at that point. And it would feel more poignant than, I'm a girlfriend. I'm surprised they didn't have a ponytail on her, to be honest. 
It really did. Because they introduced that whole I'm a girlfriend halfway through. Like I said, it kind of felt shoehorned in there. It made it seem like her role was obtained because she was dating the boss. Which is yet another stereotype that women in the real world have to deal with. I mean, obviously, she has her role because she's a great leader and a stellar fighter. I mean, she truly shined. Um, But when you start adding in the romance, it starts to add an element that plagues female characters and female characters only. I'm only here to add to your heterosexual stereotype. No other characters were shown in personal moments like that, only the strongest female character. None of the other characters were in relationships. But I digress. I can rant about stereotypes another time. So we're going to kind of move on to the purple side of things. Megatron has somewhat stagnated in character, personality-wise, but that's really not so bad. He has turned around back to the bad guy, which is necessary and it's good. Um, Whereas his intentions were equality when he started the revolution, he devolved into brutality. And that's what makes the Decepticons the bad guys. We can't get too noble in their cause because, yes, it did start right, but it became wrong. So far, so good on that. Okay, I want to see Depth and Megatron. I do. He is the disposable that rose up and transformed, pun intended, Cybertron. Um, but he is evil to the core, so we have to leave that variable in him. We can't make him the good guy, because he's the bad guy. And I really like him being the bad guy. And I, I don't want to see him become a tragic fallen god. Um, I don't want to see the Decepticons have deep reflections on their morals and wrongdoing. I want to see that hedonistic, carefree, evil and despicable creatures who, for the most part, revel in killing. I mean, they're the Decepticons. They're the bad guys. We love them because they'll shoot. Yeah. My hope, though, is to see less ineptitude and more reason for why the Decepticons don't win when they really should. And, well, I don't want that reason to be because of the plucky courage of the Autobots or that the Decepticons just suck. Because they don't. Which the two combined have been what the plot has been for, like, time immemorable. The Autobots would have to be really crappy strategists not to have won the war since the Decepticons either retreat at the slightest problem or, well, can't hit anything with their guns. And that's, like... Stormtrooper epic level bad aim right there. Um, There seems to be no reason why the Decepticons shouldn't have been crushed by the Autobots by now because they're just that bad. The cons have some great military leaders and they have the equipment being primarily war machines. So I'd love to see more explanation as to why they haven't totally crushed the Autobots, except for the Autobots are the good guys trope. Overall, from a writing standpoint, there's really a lot to unpack about War for Cybertron. I'm going to have to watch it all again to get more nuanced. But on the surface, it's not bad. But there's some huge issues that, though I wish they would get addressed, I don't think any change is going to come for the characters. It seems like, at least for the writers, that this is the direction Optimus is going. And that's going to continue. Again, I think it's just really lazy. And Optimus's god status makes it even harder for me to buy that the Autobots really have what it takes to have survived the Decepticons. Because 
Optimus is considered the leader, but never acts like one. His actions should have spelled massive failure, and his generals, or in this case, General Elita, she's the only one, are left to clean up his messes and do his job for him. So that wraps up my brief summary in my hills, because there's actually two of them that I am willing to die on. I know my opinion is not a popular one, and I'm especially opinionated on leaders and women in leadership roles. Women in general, but women in leadership roles. Because the only change that we're going to affect in this world is to change perceptions everywhere. You can't just say, yeah, women are equal, but never show it, because that does, because that does have an effect especially on younger girls and younger boys on how to perceive a woman. This is what we're, we're attaining to. And it, it, it is a very, very heavy load for a writer to carry. But if you're going to be a writer, you have to carry the load. You have to remember what you're saying to the public. And this is what you're saying. You are saying, Optimus is a god. Elita, she may be doing a great, fantastic job, but she's just a girl. I would like to see stronger women characters written by women. I don't think that nobody can write a female character except for a female. I don't subscribe to that belief. I think a man can do a great job writing a woman, and a woman can do a great job writing a man. But I think it's time that we kind of dig out of this hole that we seem to be in in the Transformers universe. Women are here and we do want representation which is a topic for another day but I do have great qualms about how many female Transformers are in War for Cybertron. This is a, a very big point and I think really on a five-star rating, that alone takes off a star. The portrayal of Optimus takes off another star, or maybe just a half of each that it's down one star for me. But I just feel that there's some inherent problems that are not necessarily caused simply by this particular animated series, but in the universe as a whole. And I think they need to be corrected. This is the hill I choose to die on. I've stabbed myself a million times. I know my opinion is not popular, but it is my opinion. Um, it is the opinion of a feminist who has looked back on 40-odd years of a franchise and see the growth, yet only to be dug in in the past 10-odd years, 10-11 years, where we elevate one character to a god status, but don't let go of the character which is my message in the end either let go of optimus bring out a new leader like i said alita one would be a great choice for that one or let's bring optimus down let's take him off his pedestal let's stop with the speeches because they've gotten so old and let's just make him a leader he can be an inspiring leader but he has to be there for his people uh, the, and that is the end transmission cue. We'll be wrapping up this episode. Thank you for listening. I do want to remind you that um, you can check out our Facebook and our Twitter pages. Uh, 
Twitter is at TransCybertron. That's at T-R-A-N-S-C-Y-B-E-R-T-R-O-N. And our Facebook, I do not have that link because I had to change the Facebook page. Um, it's a group now, not a business page. Um, but I will link that on the Twitter feed as soon as I can. I'd also like to let you know we have a Patreon page that you can check out. Um, because unfortunately, podcasts aren't free. We need to pay for hosting and software. Um, you can't always use free software for these because it doesn't have some of the editing capabilities. And we want to bring you a very high quality transmission. So um, if you feel like donating, please do. Um, the Patreon page, let me see, get that up here. I have a very loud keyboard. I have a mechanical keyboard. It lights up and it glows. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very weird. Where is this? Um, the Patreon page is Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash transmission, T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N, Cybertron, C-Y-B-E-R-T-R-O-N. It's all one word. Um, we have tiers, and I will be uploading extra content when I have it and you're especially going to enjoy the outtakes because we had a during the recording of this a very fun instance which is actually happening again I live two blocks from a level three a level three trauma center a hospital and we get the life flight helicopters which I don't know if it's picking up how well it's picking up but I can hear it in the headphones um, while I was recording, they brought one in, and it took, they take forever to land. I keep saying, you know, there's people in serious condition. Let land the darn helicopter. <laughs> but I do, I live two blocks from a hospital. I live just over two miles from the takeoff runway at uh, Cleveland Airport. So we actually get mostly flights that go west, fly right over my house, and they are loud. And I live on a major road. It's the major point between two highways. So it's always fun listening to me ramble on in the background about how darn noisy it is around here, because it is noisy. I actually do prefer to do my recording at night because there's less traffic, and because you can also hear cars and motorcycles and anyone with a, a really loud muffler or the radio up. Um, I can hear people making phone calls from their car. And I'm on the third floor. Um, and I'm rambling, but this is the fun of me. This is me off script, by the way. Um, the kids are moving around downstairs. I can hear them closing the door. The acoustics in our house are very interesting, so I don't know how much of this is actually going to make it in or if this is actually going to be outtake, but it's the joy of living in this city. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it is noisy as heck, so... All right, um, back on point, like, um, do check out our Patreon page if you would like to contribute. I'd appreciate it. Also, anything that you would like to discuss, um, go to the Twitter page. Throw it out there for me. Um, 
because I'm always open to discuss what you want to hear. So thank you for listening and have a great day.